everyone, I'm Laura Hill and today I'm talking to the copper queen herself, Rachel Lomax. Hey! Hi Rachel! Hi, thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure, how are you today? Yes, I'm good, I'm good. Got a nice little day off today so it's lovely to spend it with you. <laughs> I'm so happy I'm spending it with you too. This is Yay. amazing. <laughs> this actually is the first time I've recorded content like this. Amazing. And it's something I've wanted to do for forever. And I'm so yeah. excited you're the person that I'm doing it with because I'm a huge fan of yours. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm a massive fan of yours. So <laughs> <laughs> I would really like to start at the beginning because mm -hmm. I feel like your journey is fascinating mm -hmm. and I feel like from the outside looking in mm -hmm. the word maybe overnight success do you think that's too strong um, that sudden, yeah, <laughs> that that suddenly <laughs> suddenly you were the biggest thing in copper hair and the authority on copper hair. And I, for me personally, I went from overnight, not really having anybody I could look to for copper mm -hmm. hair advice, to stalking you insistently. <laughs> oh, oh so that, that makes my day. <laughs> <laughs> so that I want to dig into. Yeah. Because when you see someone that, like, what you would say is an overnight success or exploded onto the scene, mm -hmm. you think, well, how did they do it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd really like to start there. Mm -hmm. So can you take me back how yeah. many years and tell me how you started in the hairdressing industry? So I started, um, I actually didn't do it straight from school, actually. I, um, back in the day, uh, 1997, um, <laughs> I, um, I kind of went into it, I qualified like around the age of 19, or I kind of went into it sort of more later, because I knew in my heart of hearts, if I was going to do it, this was going to be a lifelong thing, because it was always a passion. It actually is in my family. Um, my um, uncle on my mum's side, um, he actually had quite a few barbershops, him and his dad. And so it's always been, obviously, in my in my family. Um, but I think it was one day I was working in Etam and <laughs> I said then I just went, I can't do this. I literally need to be in hairdressing. So I literally marched myself down to a local salon and asked if there are any apprenticeships. And I'm I'm based in Norfolk now, but I was in Suffolk. So um, I got a job as an apprentice and I literally loved it. I loved it. I loved the fact that I was so hands-on, but then I still got that time out to go to college to learn everything there was to know about the background, uh, the science, obviously. Um, Colour straight away was my passion. Um, within a year in my salon, I'd qualified everything on colour. Um, I literally just had to finish with my um, cutting. Wasn't always my favourite part. Um, so that's kind of where I started. That's amazing. Yeah. 
So you did salon and college at the same time? Yes. So we have model days in the salon. And then I would go to college one day a week where I'd just go and learn all my theory, um, all the background stuff. We still did clients and things in a salon session in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, it was it was really, really good. And I yeah, I loved it because you had that blend because I was never really academic. I, that was not my thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think that happens quite a lot that we get put off we get put off learning mm -hmm. and we'll go into how much you know about the science now. But mm -hmm. I think we do get put off learning at school by teachers if, we go, if we're yeah. not academic. Mm -hmm. And then it happens in our industry that suddenly people go, actually, I am into science. I yeah. am academic. Yeah. But you're just not school science and school academic. No. No, I have this conversation with my clients all the time when we talk about maths and English and stuff. And I always say to them, like, if they talk to me about mills and grams and stuff like that, 100%, I'm all over that. But you start mm. talking to me about fractions and decimals, I'm like, no, you've lost me now. And um, and literally, if it was relating to what I did, 100%, I'd be all over that. You know it. You know it inside yeah. and out. Yeah. So then where did you go after your first salon in college? What was the journey after that? So I went into being um, working in a salon. I worked in a salon probably for, um, well, I did two different salons for a couple of years. So I, I went into one and that's really where I got the bug for going on education because I met um, a L'Oreal rep and she was amazing and inspired me to go on L'Oreal uh, Colour Keys classes so I did I worked my way through all of those um and I just got the bug for education so bad I I loved it so much and I just went I can see myself doing this this is like what I love and then um uh, from there obviously I worked in a few salons and then I decided like four years later, I went freelance. Um, I worked in quite a few salons, getting different experiences, and I never really in, enjoyed that kind of experience. So I kind of felt um, I was always, I loved colour so much, and every time I learned a different colour, I kind of liked to use my own interpretation. So I found freelance was the freedom that I had to be able to, push myself but then it throws you completely on your own so you've got nobody else there so again I took myself on loads of education that's amazing it feels like education is what's carrying you through your journey yeah yeah and it's funny because from going from not really loving education <laughs> to um in the school academic side of stuff to suddenly finding a passion for education in a completely different way um and I through the whole way along I always said and obviously when I did my level two and level three I had these three goals and I set these goals and actually they have followed me through my career 
and um, achieving them as I go. And one of them is going to be a lifelong goal because it's always going to be something I'm going to need to do. And that's making sure that I stay on top of my game and I'm always upgrading myself, making sure I can be the best that I can be for everyone, clients, students, that sort of thing. That's amazing. So these three goals, so you yep. set them when you were doing your MVQ? Yeah. So when you were at college, right yep. at the beginning? Yes. Set, and, and what made you set those goals? It was a question that the teacher asked you at the beginning of your level three. I think it was when we did the level three. Level two, we, we kind of had an idea of what we wanted to do. But I think level three, it just took you that further. The like. So where do you see yourself? What are your main things? What do you want out of your career kind of thing? And I said that, again, I wanted to be um, the best that I could be. And then it was, I'd like my own salon. And then I wanted to be an educator or have my own training academy. That was my, they were my three things. And this was when I was like 19 that I set these goals. And I've, I've made the steps as I've gone along. So from obviously working freelance, um, I got to a point where I did outgrow my round. Like I got really restricted. I couldn't do any more in the driving time. So I took on my salon which I've been in for 15 years, 16 years this year. Um, I took on my salon. And then whilst working in the salon, I did my um, degree in education. So I actually trained to be a teacher. Um, no way. Yeah, so I did my teacher degree. And then I actually did my assessor's award. So I have got all my teaching qualifications, um, which is kind of baffles me because as of recent times I've, learn that I've got ADHD and the academic side of stuff was always really difficult so <laughs> uh, to get then the the degree in education I was like I can't believe I've actually achieved this because it's like amazing step milestone so yes that's amazing that's so cool so not only have you done all the education in like the colour specialist side yes then you've also done all the education to be able to teach people. Yes. So that's amazing for someone who didn't get on well with education. No. <laughs> just goes to show, doesn't it, how incredibly smart you are. I don't how... know how. I think I just wing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just sometimes it's like you get a little gap, in, or I feel like I get this little gap in my brain that suddenly I'm like, oh, I kind of, I must know this somehow. And I kind of, I do push myself to do the research where where possible. And I think the thing that I struggled the most was finding the philosopher, because you obviously learn philosophy and you learn who, how people teach in different ways. And I kind of like them all for their own specific reason. And I think this is, this is one of the things that kind of blows my mind and I'm very, I like to learn from lots of different people. So it's obviously very hard for me to go, right, that's the one I love, but you have to pick that out. It's bonkers. But I think that's where that, because I'm brand neutral, I think that's where it comes in because every brand is passionate about a different thing and every, everything is 
is different. So like my education that I did when I was freelance, I, I did Sassoon's education, I did Sachs education, I did L'Oreal education, then I took myself and I did the L'Oreal at uh, the Redkin degree, I did all Redkin's classes. So I think it's important to not be hell-bent on one specific way of education. I think it's very important to be open-minded. I love that. I love that. I love that you learned philosophy <laughs> in your teaching degree. That's amazing. Yeah. It's really good. And actually, I'm still really interested in it. I just can't have it in, in masses. But I found like little nugget books that I will pick up and I think, oh, I want to do a bit of further reading to kind of think outside the box and I have a book called The Divine Code so I read a lot about understanding about pi and um, placement and geometry. Geometry really fascinates me. I'd like to go into that a little bit more into detail because we use that a lot in hairdressing and I think people don't realise actually we are very smart and the stuff that we do, the reason things are very divine and beautiful is because we've like smashed out these placements and stuff but actually it's science and math and stuff we don't realize we're doing all the time yeah <laughs> there is that amazing einstein quote that has always stuck with me where he <laughs> says everybody is a genius but you if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree it will always <laughs> think it's an idiot yeah and I, I love that thing that's where we that's how the intelligence in hairdressing is so different to yeah. school intelligence, but yes. it's like emotional intelligence is mm -hmm. completely different from school intelligence. Yep. But you're um, like, if I, like this list that I'm hearing from you is like philosophy, geography, you know about pi. I have no idea what that is. You know <laughs> all the science of colour. You know how to teach people which is such a hard skill mm. to actually be able to there's this um thing that chris moody says is he says mm. most people when they educate they just throw a load of shit at the wall and hope something sticks yeah whereas a really good educator mm -hmm. it, it is connecting with the other person yeah and that information you're giving is landing mm -hmm. and they're taking on and you are the point of education is to actually educate another yeah. person, not yeah. to stand and preach your mm -hmm. knowledge. It's, yeah. a, it, it's about that connection. You have to get yeah. into that person's head. That's incredible. <laughs> and you've done all, like all of this, you mm -hmm. also had a diagnosis of ADHD as well yeah so I had I only got the diagnosis not this December the December before so it's very new but everything just fell into place when I when I got it and actually friends were like um yeah there's no surprise there so and and it's so funny because they've just everyone just takes me on face value I'm just like I am bonkers I can be very loud and I'm definitely quirky <laughs> but um and I just embrace it and I think it's trying to I think the main thing is the hyper focus 
and it's getting it into channeling it into the one thing and I think obviously going into lockdown and stuff I think realistically that's where it really enabled me to channel everything because I was able to stop because like that it was very hard actually for a lot of people and myself specifically um as well because I just found like I just suddenly had to stop well my brain doesn't do that so (laughs) now what so I went on and I just decided to do loads of lives and educate my clients in everything that I had and I think that kind of helped me to then take my career to then the next level and that's when the education kind of started and that was like oh maybe I can do this because this is the goal that I've had like the whole time but it was learning how to do it because I did teach um for a period of time at the local school hair and beauty and I just didn't enjoy it because they weren't allowing us to teach practical it had to be theory and gross domestic product and all of that stuff and I just felt like I'd gone back to school and I just went Mm. no (laughs) no this isn't the education for me no 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 um and I think it's quite brave to do something like that and go no actually this isn't what I want and I then realized um educating for myself is definitely the road to go down yeah so there's a couple of things I want to ask you so your three goals yes actually no let's circle back because I (laughs) want to I do want to ask you what ADHD looks like to you and your learning and your teaching Mm -hmm. Because when we were talking earlier, you said about feeling like you had 10 tabs open in your brain. Yeah. So if anyone's listening to this Mm -hmm. and they may have ADHD or they have a diagnosis of ADHD, Mm -hmm. that it might be a nice relatable thing for them to hear. For you, who's someone who's very high up in Mm -hmm. education or industry, how that plays into Mm -hmm. your journey being educated working as a hairdresser and being an educator yeah it's finding strategies I think it's knowing the strategies that help you to manage how you do things don't get me wrong occasionally I have the odd um, ball fall because that we're human and we do mine's normally when I'm, I'm on a journey and I'm hyper focused on one thing and everything is going well and then one ball something's thrown into the works then another thing's thrown into the works and then that's when I struggle but it's realizing that that's happening and then getting support from people that you know to help you manage that back to your strategy so I think having a strategy of where you want to go and goals as well and a plan I think is essential Um, and having the right people around you is also key so anyone having ADHD 100% find your niche because having your niche helps you focus and helps you realize okay I can actually do this and I can focus on the one thing 
that I want to do. But there's still all the things that you learn in hairdressing along the way. You still need those things. The same, I'm a copper specialist, but I still need to balayage. I still need to global tint. I still need to root melt. I still need to lighten sometimes in areas. So you still do all those things. It's not that you're not doing that. So for me, having that niche, having a strategy and a plan is key when I think and being being not afraid to kind of go outside the plan because that's also okay yeah I love that that's that's like Rachel's top tips yeah can we (laughs) can we go into your plan because when you were saying earlier that you wrote down these three goals at college yeah be the best you can be to Mm -hmm. own your own salon to be an educator Mm -hmm. that's amazing I have not had a plan until recent years. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, during lockdown, my boss said to me, mm-hmm. I'm amazed you don't have goals. Like, you seem mm-hmm. like the person who should have goals. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, so now I have goals. Yeah. But let's talk about your goals and mm-hmm. how you structure that so you mm-hmm. have your strategy and your plan. Yeah. So, obviously... I have coaches, which I think is really important. And then, um, so I have a business coach who helps me create my strategy, uh, or I do my strategy, and then we talk about it, and we map it out into bite-sized pieces over the year, so it isn't overwhelming. Um, then, yeah, and then um, I have my social media coach, and we talk about our my marketing plan, and what information I want to get out, and then um, I can build it, and we kind of structure it. I kind of have the same structure, or the same content pillars, but then I sort of build as I go along, and sometimes I tweak it depending on, obviously, the gram. (laughs) And then um, I have, obviously, my, like, a visual goal, book and plan this is amazing (laughs) so this is my book of goals and then I have my main words where I put believe focus and make it happen is like my core words that I tend to have each year because sometimes I sometimes we all sometimes have that little bit of doubt in ourselves and I think when you when you have these words and you look and you go back into what you do and chatting to people like yourself, you're like, no, you are doing this. It is happening. It is growing. So you need to believe in yourself. And I do go in myself. So I do go introverted when I suddenly have a bit of doubt. And But I go back to the plan. I go back to the strategy. And I go back to all these things. If I have a wobble or a worry and you just go, go look at your goals again. What have you achieved? Are you on the journey? Are you on track for those? And that really helps with that. That's amazing. So what, can you tell me what's in your book? Can you tell me? Just give us like a little sneak peek. So last year, I have like, it's really visual. So I had build, obviously build my education. (laughs) That was a couple of, well, that was 2022, I think. So, yeah. And then I have words like make it happen, dream, achieve. I had my 
because we wanted to move house. So that was on the goals. Um, time with family and friends is like work-life balance is a massive thing for me. Um, because I, I, a lot of my family, I don't live near my family where I am. So it's always important to, to make time to go and see them and visit them. So that's really important. And then got dinner parties <laughs> and then obviously um build the education um more experience of the industry i want to i want to to learn more about the industry because there's things that again i never thought i'd be where i am knowing people like yourself sarah from chalk people like this i like and i'm like well everything is accessible and i think sometimes we can be so limited by I don't know area or what have you but actually it's not I think it's all about just don't be afraid to put yourself out there and think outside the box I think it's definitely key yeah I love that I don't yeah. think you give yourself enough credit Rach I think me and Sarah are really lucky to know you oh. <laughs> I'm so glad I know you and I can message you and pick your brain about things absolutely <laughs> and I think that's my that's always been my motto through the whole thing sharing is caring like yeah. what's the good of all this knowledge and information if you can't share with people and people that you aspire to as well you are incredibly generous with your knowledge you, you are the or if, just even if you just went on your instagram and had an hour or two of binging all your posts you would gain a free education mm -hmm. yeah which is amazing because mm -hmm. you're running an education company selling mm -hmm. education courses but mm -hmm. you're also giving a fair amount of your education mm. yeah. to people for free mm -hmm. and I can only I mean of course that's good marketing but also for people who can't afford education mm -hmm. what an amazing free free resource for them and I think as well it's about like giving back to the industry I think I've I love the industry I literally eat sleep breathe it like it is I've always said it's never a job for me. It's a passion and it really is. And I think giving back, it just, it just makes, I don't know, it just makes me happy to know that I'm helping people and giving back people joy and like just giving away nuggets. I think if that just helps one person grow their businesses, then I'm doing my job. I'm doing what I set out to do. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So then going, circling back round to your goals yes. that you and your book. Yeah. So once you've created that, because I yep. have done vision boards before. Yeah. And then I've stuck them on my wall and then mm -hmm. the blue tack has gone hard and they've yep. dropped down the back of the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I've never seen them again until I move house and I yeah. pull these vision boards out from behind my chest of drawers. So how do you <laughs> how do you make these goals happen? Like how do you keep yourself accountable? I think it's again, it's obviously having people to like kick me up the bum every now and then. Um, but I think it's just little by little, like chip away at it. It 
Rome wasn't built in a day, and I've got a lot of friends who always say, Rachel, slow and steady, because that's, again, another part of my brain. I want it all, and I want it yesterday, you know, and that's another <laughs> downside to ADHD. I have no patience. Um, but I am, I, I think that is the thing. I am getting round to the, it's good to do that, because you're seeing slowly the benefit rather than rushing in head first and not seeing that I, I'm kind of I'm now starting to realize I'm loving the journey and loving that that build and yeah it's it's for me it's all about slowly slowly catch your monkey <laughs> I love that I'm breaking it down into bite-sized chunks bite-sized so pieces this... mm. realistic so this is what... sorry sorry right. so this is what you do with your business coach as well then yeah yeah and I, I have a brain dump board, so I have a strategy page on my spreadsheet. I just, actually, as I've got older, I love a spreadsheet, um, <laughs> thanks to my business coach. Um, and I literally, I'll brain dump everything in there, and then I'll go, I want to do this. And she'll go, not yet. So I always need that person because I will be, I, I, I'm a big risk taker, so I will jump four feet first in and then go oh that didn't work it's like no because you didn't take the baby steps and the baby steps are what are key to get to the big goal you know so for me it's all yeah it's all those little things the little things are just as important as the big things and yeah I love that so yeah. small simple steps yeah clear focus again believe focus make it happen the clear clear vision your out outcome you know what are your outcomes for this goal and what are the little steps you need to take to get there that's amazing have you got any goals for 2024 that you can share is there anything new um i'm grabbing my new um in studio class amazing how i've done that is i've created an open diary so it's learn at their leisure so you can pick a date rather than me going these are all my dates it's an open calendar and they can choose the date that they want to do the class on rather than structuring it to a set date that's really helpful that's really helpful for busy stylists and hairdressers yeah what what a helpful thing to do that it's because I've done that before I've gone on really really wanted to do education and yes. looked at the dates and gone I can't no do any of the so that's yeah. amazing yeah and also like another thing for salons is a way of giving back is they can add their stylists for obviously um a lesser cost so they pay the first fee and then they can add them on for a lesser cost so that's another add-on as well I'm excited about that. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're so, can we go back into your story? Because yes. you own a salon. Yes. Do you have anyone working in your salon or have you ever had anyone working? Yeah, I used to have staff. I used to have, have a team. Um, and then, obviously, gradually, as life changes and stuff, um, we got to lockdown because I have beauty therapists as well. So as 
obviously life happens and then we went to lockdown and then my last um employee changed what they were doing so I just thought do you know what I kind of feel like I loved working freelance so I decided to just be me in my salon in the end and I find again with the ADHD side not knowing I had it back then I find for me that works better how I can think about things and structure days and make things a bit easier without having to worry about other people and what they're yeah. doing yeah 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 that's I amazing that is that is um my my clients always go you've got this big salon <laughs> it's just you and I was like yes but look at all this space <laughs> Space for education, you were always meant exactly. to be an Exactly, that's what I said, like, you know, this will be spaces for models and all of that stuff. So I said, you know, keep your eyes peeled, I'll be launching the model day soon. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So you're, with lockdown, with that last member of staff leaving, mm-hmm. I feel... I feel like in my experience, you from lockdown is probably when I really started to see you mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. So was that when your journey into Copper Queen education as it is now started? Yes. Yeah. So I um I started obviously educating my clients um on doing loads of lives and stuff and then it was just one of my friends um said because I didn't have a social media coach back then um not until sort of probably the first lockdown and one of my friends said have you heard of um Vivian Johns and I was like oh um yeah I have she said you need to do the classes so I, I did um, Social Club and almost it just literally blew my mind. And then I was like, oh, I love doing lives. And apparently that's quite a unique thing. People apparently don't like doing them. <laughs> I was like, I love it. I'm, I'm all over that. <laughs> it's like having an audience, but not having an audience. Like, because I always loved drama when I was at school. If I wasn't um, going to be a hairdresser, I'd love to have done acting or whatever or singing or that side of stuff um but like so that was kind of like my stage I I loved it it was so much fun and then from from there and we started to dive deeper into understanding uh the industry what we do and then suddenly talking about niching and different and I was like oh like I just thought I just do coppers and reds and I didn't realise and then we were like looking through and I was like, oh my God, we do, I I do a lot of coppers and reds. Biff was like, yeah, oh my God, that's literally, that's literally it. That's like your niche. And then that was it. From then I was like, wow. And then Copper Queen Education, it was just like, yeah, that's it. And I started from then and then I started to build, what does this look like? What would it look like? How would I build it? And then the more I looked at all of my education, I started going through the science and stuff, and I was like, there's literally no education about copper science. Like, none. Like, totally none. And then 
um, I started to go more into the science. I started to research it. I was looking on like websites, like trying to build up this knowledge. And it literally blew my mind when I started to dive deeper into this and realizing what a chunk of education that we are all missing in our industry. It was, it was like mind blowing. Yeah. Well, so we did have this conversation earlier, didn't we? That yes. we have been along similar colour education paths. Yes. And what I was saying to you was, so I did a colour degree, colour specialist, yes. and all the courses leading up to that. And then also a lot of other courses with some big names in the industry. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I... With copper hair colour, I may add base to neutralise a client's natural warmth. I may use a booster. But essentially, I'm still using the tubes of colour. Yes. I'm not mixing bespoke copper mixes for my clients. I would I would neutralise them a little bit. I'd water them a little, down a little bit with base so that they're less yes. bright. Or mm-hmm. I would add some mixed home to make them more bright. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really messing around with the tones no. of the colours. And that's after thousands of pounds of colour education. Yeah. So help me out and anybody else who's in the same position as me. Where yeah. do I start? Oh, so... You start at the science behind copper hair. Like, it's understanding how the pigments relate in natural copper hair. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to replicate. Whether it be bright, light, dark, any of the copper spectrum, we're trying to replicate those pigments. So, yes, okay, we might be lifting out, but technically you're putting back in a colour that already is pre-blended with base. So therefore you're recreating natural coppers again. So it's when you're formulating for copper, we need to be thinking, like you're saying, pigments. You're not thinking bases. You're trying to think more pigments, more formulas, more um, colour wheel, rather than thinking that tube, that tube, you need to be thinking pigments and tones and hues. That is that is it, not bases. Technically, you're trying to remove that. So that is where, so yeah, that is, that is it. It's understanding that science. Sarah and I from Chalk, we're talking about this all the time, like how it is so different and it has different pigments to natural hair. So, Understanding those is going to help you formulate for coppers. So, yeah, that's the starting crux of it. Understanding. So not thinking about is it how dark or light it is. It's understanding whether it's more red or whether it's more gold. Yes. Whether there's... Which I suppose with the warm colours, mm-hmm. people would say, well, I, you would think, oh, well, I do know that. But what about when it comes to adding in... More other pigments cooler tones yeah. yeah so it's understanding when you're 
like again it's understanding your guest what is their dop their distribution of pigment like are they naturally a warm are they naturally a cool so you can still go in and use greens and ashes but it's what that end result is like that's why swatching is so important when working with coppers more so than any other color because that formula is paramount to your end result so mixing in knowing what your brand's background is because everyone is different because that also has an impact it's knowing what the end goal is if your guest is very warm and you're wanting to soften it then we know if we get some lift it's going to be warm anyway but how warm you know how warm is their base going to go are they gonna get root glow if they are is it down to pigment is it down to oxidant so and what actual uh product you're using is it a demi is it a permanent you know it's it's familiarizing yourself with all of your toolkit not just tones as well right that's amazing advice thank you so much that's great <laughs> so let's circle back round to the social media mm -hmm. because i was just thinking then that you had all of this amazing knowledge so yeah. here's a problem a lot of people have i have yeah. all this amazing knowledge i'm an absolute specialist in what i do mm -hmm. yet i'm not getting the clients i want Mm -hmm. or I'm not reaching the audience I want as an educator. Yes. Whereas someone else who maybe isn't as good is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you have that special source mm. of you're incredibly knowledgeable, mm. you're an incredibly good educator, and you manage to reach people with this information. Like mm -hmm. you... How you inspire so many people with it. So if someone is struggling to get that, to get their message out or to get the clients they mm -hmm. want, mm -hmm. how, what advice would you give them for Be, social media? Okay. I would say get your branding on point. So all your message is consistent. Um, if obviously they're niching, then that's all you talk about like constantly um it's helping to show people what those problems are and that you you've been there like you're you're going right i've done this because i've had this and i know because i've been there i've had those problems so share your worries share your problems because people will then associate with you and they'll they'll align with you because they'll be like oh you're not always showing all the all of the you know the fluffy stuff you're you're giving them a bit of like oh this is where i was but this is where i got to now you're showing the journey it's it's creating that journey but being consistent with what you're sharing and having a bit of fun with it as well don't make it rigid like, you know, I love my Friday dance. That was just a random thing that happened. But it's just throwing in a little bit of fun. Um, and I quite like doing the little 
voiceover things, they started to make me laugh. But then it, it's just it's just evolving. Don't you don't have to just stay rigid to what you're doing, but the message has to be consistent. I love that. So consistent message, but change your delivery and yeah. find what's fun for you. Yeah. Which is so interesting, actually, because there's a lot of people who would be terrified of dancing on a mm. Friday. So many people would be scared of that. <laughs> there would be so many people who would, who aren't maybe great at taking videos or pictures of hair, that that's mm. maybe their thing. They'd rather dance in front of the camera than take a video or a picture of her yeah. hair. There's, you know, there's so many people who who sit, would maybe look at people on Instagram like you and think, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense that you have a background in drama yeah. and you <laughs> can show up and perform on, on social media. That's amazing. But I've been playing around with some content as well, which I yeah. took from following January Goals, following yeah. some fitness influencers, mm-hmm. and they do... They don't video themselves, or if they do, they only video a tiny little bit, but then they just show what they're doing in their day. Yeah. Which then you could do that with little close-up two-second shots of hair. It's so broad, isn't it? Yes, and it's not overcomplicating it. Like, we've we've all learnt everything is content. So this swatching thing, like, I took from swatching and physically doing the swatches to then suddenly painting the swatches is so visually what's the word satisfying because people are just watching the motion and getting knowledge from that and it doesn't have to be long short sharp you know things like that that I never would have thought I always thought face of the camera and some of my best stuff is me just painting these swatches because people are like wow what is that you know and like the watch me swatch like people don't realize that we get inspiration around us all day like we're looking at stuff and we're visually seeing these colors around us 24 7 but we forget so having these little things just help like what is what's going to help your guest remember how to shampoo their hair properly what is going to help your guest um to remember to maintain their copper colors you know it, it's all of these little little things that play a part you might think oh they know it but we don't we all forget and we've got a new audience every day yeah and it could be something that you, if you're talking to clients, you could have said to your client four weeks ago, make sure you don't wash your hair in really hot water. Yeah. And they forget, but then they would be on your Instagram and they would see the social media post saying, yeah. don't forget to not yeah. wash your hair in hot water. And they go, oh. and you've, it's just a reminder. So even if you've told people already, people forget things. Yeah. We get busy, don't we? Yeah. And that's, where that consistency thing comes in and it really it really is and like we say little nuggets just help people you know like maybe the other day shaking up the fab pro and sticking it on the side and they're like whoa what's that it just 
it might be something new that's come in and you're like, oh, this is amazing. And you might just squeeze it out onto your hand. Yeah. You might not even be in front of the camera. It might just be that. <laughs> yeah. You know, hold your palm out and squeeze in it. You know, it, it's just how our brains work. And, and it is just taking in those little bits of little key information. I love that. I think if it's okay with you, it would be quite good to maybe link your business coach and your social media coach along with your education. Yes. When we put this content out, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah amazing. So um, the last thing I want to ask you about is niching. Yes. Because we are talking about niching, but this mm-hmm. could be quite a new thing for some people. Yeah. So what, is a niche yes. and how could people find their own okay so like how do niche, you find yours so niching is that one thing that gets you up in the morning that you're excited to do every single day 50 million times in a year it gets you up in the morning you're excited to do it and you're like oh my God, I literally love doing this. And you want to know it inside out. You know it inside out, back to front, upside down. And you you just can't wait to get in the salon to do it that day. That is your niche. And everything you do, your message is around that niche. That's amazing. So you found yours because you were doing so much copper. So much copper, so much red. Like, but what's funny is like I do my niching, but people forget that it isn't just all coppers and reds. I have guests come to me who don't want to be warm or copper, but their hair consistently goes that colour. So I do a lot of people who are naturally white-haired, and as we know, their hair fades orangey because of the keratin and in their hair, and it goes orangey. So I neutralise the warmth, so I call them copper conversions. I love that. So it's sometimes we think niche, we think it's one-dimensional, and it's not. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I so I heard I've got an interesting soundbite. There's this guy I follow called Rory Vadem. Mm-hmm. His whole thing is about niching. Yeah, and he said if you can't work out what your niche is, mm-hmm. think about the person you were ten years ago. Yeah, and what they were struggling with. Mm-hmm. That is your niche because yes. that is the person you can help. Because ten years ago, you yeah is not who you are now. And no. just share what you did yeah. to, to get from that you to mm-hmm. this you now. So if, again, with copper, yeah. say the journey could have been that you were struggling with coppers 10 years yes. ago. And this is how you got to becoming a copper expert. Yes. So, which I love that. Yeah. That as well, absolutely. I love with teaching. As well yeah. as that. Because some people actually don't have one thing that they love doing no, no. every day. See, I like to balayage as well, but I might convert it into a copper balayage, but yeah. I still love doing teasy lights, baby lights, you know. I still melt things. I 
you know, but this is what I mean. It's not one dimensional. Yes, I do a lot of those tones, but I might balayage with coppers. I might balayage with a high lift tint. You know, it's all, it's all relevant and you still need to understand and learn everything in the industry or like in color, but then that's how we convert it into what we do. And so it doesn't mean that you're just learning one thing. So um, I'll still go on bleaching classes. I'll still send myself on classes that are still relevant to what I need to know. So it's all still very open. So I know people think, oh no, if I niche them, I'm never gonna do a brunette again. I'm never gonna do a blonde again. You're like, you will, you will, but just the way you do it. Yeah, I love that. I love that, that's amazing. So you can choose to niche, it doesn't mean it has to be constricting. It just means that you use that which cleverly, when you do your neutralizing warmth, that's yeah. so clever because you are using all your copper knowledge. Yeah. And if my hair was going really warm when mm-hmm. it faded, of course I would want someone with that specialist knowledge to fix yeah. it for me. Yes. Yeah. So that's a- it is. It's amazing. And now I get clients who come to me who go, I want to be copper, but I don't want it red copper. I want a gold copper. Then you do the gold copper and then they'll go, hmm, that made me too light. I now don't want to be that colour. I just want to be an orange copper. So it, it's all relevant, you know. It's all, I'll still use ashes. I'll still use greens. I'll still use violets. I'll still use all of these pigments. But to the way I understand colour. And actually a lot of it is transferable into colour work anyway. So it's not just completely generic. You can transfer it, which is amazing. That's so good. Rachel, I feel like I've learned so much. I could talk to you all, <laughs> or I will now. I'll yes. still, I'll just keep talking to you all the time. Yes. You've been so informative. You've been so helpful. I think mm-hmm. what you've given today for free mm-hmm. is amazing. And I think it will change, it will affect so many people and change the way so many people feel about what they're doing in yeah. the hair salon. Yeah. And I mean, it'll probably, anyone who's not a hairdresser listening to this would get a ton of value out of it. So thank you so much. You're welcome. The other thing I did want to just say is packaging your services is 100% key as well. That will help grow your business 100%. So by packaging, is that Mm -hmm. rather than a half head highlights or a root tint, how would you package it then? So all of the service, so it's based on time as opposed to based on service. So if something takes you four hours, that would be like your top package. If something took you three, that would be your lowest package. And then you would assess what services you could do. And that is where you place that within that category. And it would include, so mine includes all my bonders. Um, It includes... um, if I'm doing my copper work from the first time and it's a complete transformation, they'll get their home maintenance to go away with. So it's it's all packaged within their service. So they um, 
there's no hidden agenda there's no additional add-ons and they just know that what package is theirs and then unless we make any changes that that's where it stays and it creates a really consistent journey to your guests and the flow through the salon and the only addition would be their consultation on top that's so helpful so what would you name a package would you name a package like how would you name your packages so example so like mine my first package is the copper journey so it's the first step whether it's roots global um or it's just um few packets through you know it's the start it's helping them to evolve into it then it's copper creatives so that's where you might do uh balayage or you might do um color blocking it's anything that's a bit more advanced then like for more intense work maybe creative color uh, color correction anything like that that would be your copper conversions so whether you need to remove box colour or you need to convert somebody who needs a, quite a lot of services to get them to where they need to be, that would then be the top package. I really like that. So if someone came to me and said, I want, I don't know, I want to go lighter. And so instead of saying to them, okay, mm -hmm. so here's what you're going to need. You're going to need a balayage mm -hmm. and you're going to need a toner mm -hmm. and you're going to need a bond builder mm -hmm. and you've got some grey, so I need to do a root tint. Instead yeah. of bombarding them with all that, I would say, great, the package for you is Copper Creatives. Absolutely. And then... That I know. I, I love that. That's such clever marketing, isn't it? It's, it, it's really, it's yeah, it's really simple. It's really clear. And in the consultation, you just talk to them about the steps then. So what you're getting within this, and then they see the value in what they're getting. So you, you talk to them and you say, right, this is this. Uh, we're going to start here. We're going to give you root coverage. You're going to have a balayage. You're going to have then it melted with a toner. But through all of this, I'll be using my bond builders. So it's going to give your hair the integrity. Obviously, then I do my strand tests and all of that jazz and patch test. And you're literally, you're set. My guests love it. They love it because they feel like it. Well, the last consultation I did, she said, I've literally never had a consultation like that in my life. Aww, and she so said, funny. literally... I've come away with like knowing every step of the way what's going to happen to my hair. And again, that's part of my ADHD. I like to talk through everything. <laughs> um, and my guests love it. They like, it just makes them feel really special. Like they're like, wow. Plus I work one-on-one. -on -one. I don't have anyone in between my clients. So it's, it's a really lovely, lovely journey and process. And having something like that, helps you to market your business different to any other business in the area. That's clever. And that's so what I you... also teach on my education. Oh, amazing. And so you've also, presumably, you've costed out yes. all of these packages so yes. that you are making a yes. proper hourly rate. Yes. And so it's, yeah, that's really, so if you've worked out all the costings, and it wouldn't have to be three, if 
someone had a much more it diverse could be four. Could have, yeah four or five you know yeah. you might have so i do have another package but i don't name that one like so i do have some auburn hair clients who don't have color but they have the bomb builder so I have that as a cut and blow dry package. So they've specifically come in to enhance their coppers with the bomb builder. So literally, um, I have that as a set package as well. So it's, your list is endless. Obviously you don't want 50 billion packages, but it, it's how your business works for you. So me saying this is how I work, but that's for my business and my clients. So you, they might have six or seven. So they might do complete color correction um, and that side of things or focus a lot on vivid. So might need a specific package for that. So that's where I help people within my classes to grow that. And I actually have a format in my manual that people will go away with. That's incredible. That's so valuable to know to help actually make money out of these things. Yes. Yeah. Because there's a there's an interesting statistic. I think it's something like 46% of salons are just breaking even. Mm. I butcher statistics, okay? So yeah. <laughs> that may be wrong. But it's something along the lines of something like 46% of salons are just breaking even. And I think 20% or something like that, are making yeah. a loss. That wow. just goes to show the problems we have with actually making money yes. in our industry. So yeah. something like that would be so helpful. Yeah, people. I, exactly. And it's just, it's understanding like the process, having the consultation process there, having, you know, understanding the breakdown behind how to how to package and understanding what your value is and your hourly rate is and where you see yourself because I think you know I've I've never done it on area I've done it by research looking at costings looking at prices looking at um those things are so key to having that growth in your business that's amazing. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you so much for that. I'm so glad you added that in because it's so important. It is. That's so important. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So my final question, okay, yes. is imagine mm -hmm. for a moment yeah. that your Instagram is deleted, your entire body of work <laughs> is just gone yeah yeah everything's disappeared mm -hmm. and you have one thing mm -hmm. that your key message that you can leave to people to help them like that you think is most important what would your key message be what would be that one thing keep yourself educated education is the backbone of everything that we do. And uh, the way I look at it is, is everything is always moving forward and evolving. And if we just stand still, we'll, it will become stagnant and quite rigid. Whereas if we think about it in hair context, hair's fluid, 
and we need to be moving with that and understanding um and keep moving with what is going on because science changes things move on things evolve and if we don't evolve with it then we'll just be stuck that's incredible rachel thank you so <laughs> much for talking to me oh thank you for a- having me it's been such a pleasure and I feel like I really want to talk to you again about consultation now. Yes, all my days, 100%. We're going to have to do a part two, Rachel. Yes, I would love that. Thank you. Thank You're you so, so much. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Yes. Bye. Speak to you soon. Bye.